Oh, that was good. Well, we've got Lakeisha Patterson here tonight. David is right here with me. Let's welcome um, David as he comes to share with us. That'd be good. Thanks, Nathan. Very, very exciting. And that is so exciting with Henry and Jordan. Very cool. If any youth, oh, feel free to grab a seat. Yeah, good prompting there. Grab a seat. Uh, if any youth are looking for a great youth group, apparently the Grove's got a cracking youth pastor, so you can head over there. But um, nah, but it is pretty amazing because um, the Grove literally back onto uh, a 2,000 student high school, Fenergrove High School, which is amazing. I really do pray that um, God will use you powerfully. That's my old high school, actually, so you can imagine the rat bags coming out of there. So, um, so uh, may, may God really use you powerfully there, that's for sure. Um, but uh, it is exciting tonight because uh, we are going to interview Lakeisha, and we've been talking a little bit about this over the last few weeks, but uh, Lakeisha is an Olympic uh, gold uh, Paralympian, and um, it's just amazing her journey and her story. And, uh, but what I thought would be great is, now if I've got this correct, that this, prior to this Olympics, the uh, Rio Olympics, uh, it was one of the first Olympics ever that was completely sold out prior to the event. And they had this amazing marketing around it and this incredible video, it's just really quite inspiring. And so what I thought would be great is, is to transition to Lakeisha to play this video uh, that was the marketing around this Paralympics. But the other cool thing is this, is that Tony who attends this church, he is the main singer in this video. So it's celebrity all around here tonight. Um, but I thought we'd watch this video, it's really inspiring. And then um, we're gonna welcome Lakeisha up. So let's go to the screen now, we'll watch that. Yes, I can, suddenly, yes, I can. Gee, I'm afraid to go on as turned into, yes, I can. Take a look, what do you see? 133 pounds of confidence, me. Got the feeling I can do anything, yes, I can. Something that sings in my blood is telling me, yes, I can. 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 Hey, yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Are you ready? I can climb Everest. Yes, I can. I can fight here all night and never rest. Yes, I can. I was just born today. I can go all the way. Yes, that video hey very inspiring well um it's so exciting Lakeisha to have you here and thanks so much for coming and just sharing a bit of your story um 
Let's, uh, now we've already given away, obviously, we've already spoken about the Olympic gold medal at the Paralympics, so we know uh, a bit about that, but it's a really interesting journey up until that point. Um, maybe the best place to start is when you were young and your upbringing and your childhood. Do you want to just uh, tell us a little bit about that? Right, technical Thank di- you. Technical <laughs> now difficulties. I'll start. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess in the beginning, um, I'm not going to quote Genesis, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I guess for me at the start, it's a bit, of, a bit of a journey. So for those of you who don't know, I was born with cerebral palsy um, down the left side of my body. So basically that term means that the left side of my body doesn't quite work as well as the right. Um, It's a bit weaker, um, less muscle tone, balance, coordination, walking. I walk a bit lopsided, but I promise I'm not drunk. Um, It's just the way I am. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of what I grew up with, these challenges, the middle of three girls. Um, And then around five, six years old, I was diagnosed with epilepsy which is a seizure disorder um, for some of you that don't know. So it's, it was quite challenging, I guess, around that time. Um, my body was kind of going through all these changes. It was really hard to get on top of. Um, every day was completely different. I had to relearn everything after every seizure I had. Um, I would remember daily things that I did, so brushing my teeth, um, basic things like that, but tying my shoelaces, riding a bike, um, little things that I didn't necessarily do all day, every day, was a constant challenge to relearn how to do, um, especially for my mum teaching me how to do everything again, um, going through reading maths every night to try and retrain my brain, can't remember how many times I've learnt how to ride a bike. <laughs> so now I just ride a stationary one because I can't fall off it, um, <laughs> which is really good. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that's quite challenging. But then also around this same time, my mum was going through thyroid cancer, um, doing chemotherapy for that, and as well as facing a domestic violence situation in our home towards my mum and sisters. So I guess you could say life was a little bit tough, um, but my mum was an absolute trooper. She was such a champion. Um, She fought off cancer and and raised us three girls on on our own. Um, But to get to that point, I think for us, it all started really around that time when I was around five or six. when, you know, we would rock up to kindergarten. We lived on Bribey Island at the time, so a very small community. And um, mum came into kindy one time to pick us up, and I think my my kindergarten teacher at the time, Miss Linda, as we call her, um, I think she noticed the kind of distress my mum was in and the state she was in and, you know, asked if everything was okay. Mum was like, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, Trying to just, you know battle on, do everything on our own. And um, yeah, it's a a bit of a journey to get to where we are now. But um, Miss Linda ended up, you know, taking us home sometimes, giving us, giving mum a bit of a break. And I think they um, came together um, by a bit of a a chance meeting, which really isn't chance. It was all God now in, in hindsight, seeing that all come together and she really helped mum and us get out of the situation we were in. And um, she's here tonight, her and her family, um, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, it is amazing. And it'd be great to honour um, Lakeisha's mum and uh, Miss Lindy. We met on a Zoom meeting this week by some freak chance. I can't believe it. But anyway, um, so yeah, good to see you again. Um, but um, yeah, that's incredible. So she had a big impact on you and your family. Yeah, definitely. Her and her family helped us, I think, start our walk in our Christian faith and helped us move forward. Um, Mum packed us, kids, the car, the cat, $50, and we 
um, moved out on our own and to start our new journey. And with their support, we were able to make a life for ourselves. Tell us how um, the Olympic dream came about. How did that all come about? Yeah, definitely. So a few years later, um, I think very from the start, I was always a very determined person. I definitely learned that from my mum, the art of resilience and never giving up. And so mum wanted to make sure that we had the best opportunities we could in life and still gain access to the same opportunities that everybody else could. So she worked three jobs to ensure that we could get to um, lots of different sporting activities, music, um, debating, all the different things to try and immerse ourselves into our community and meet new friends and kind of make sure we set up a life for us, um, find something we were interested in. And for us, being one of three girls, um, I'm pretty sure mum had her hands full, but I tried to do everything that my sisters did. So we would do lots of different sports. Um, I remember I did um, little athletics, dancing, karate, fun fact, got to a blue belt actually. Um, so I'm pretty good. Um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> Balance was a bit off with that. Um, <laughs> and swimming. And for me, it wasn't until I found swimming that I found my passion. I felt most at home. It was where I could move freely um, way better than I could on land. Um, and that's where I decided to move forward. So it wasn't until a couple of years later, I was about 13 and I was watching the London 2012 Paralympic Games on TV, um, which is the video we just saw was promoting those games. And growing up in kind of a small community, I was never really, I never really saw any other kids or people uh, with a disability or facing similar challenges to myself until I watched these games on TV and I saw all these different athletes with incredible abilities, really. Um, absolutely smashing it and proving that no matter what, you can overcome anything to achieve greatness. And I remember watching the Australian athletes and particularly in the swimming and I turned to my mum and I said at that moment, mum, you're gonna see me at the next Paralympic Games in Rio de Janeiro 2016 in four years time and I'm gonna win a gold medal. And <laughs> I think that probably sounded pretty ambitious at the time. I was probably only swimming maybe three times a week. So I had no idea how I was gonna get there. But um, she said, yep, okay, well, don't know how we're gonna do this, but we're gonna give it everything we can and see if that happens. And um, yeah, it was a pretty bit, a bit of a whirlwind ride to get to where I am today, so. What, yeah. what, what was the journey like after that? So yeah, you, you, you come out with this statement, and I think your mum's like, Okay, yeah, let's see how we go. Uh, what was the lead up then to, because that was, oh, so that's four, four years away. What did that look like from there? Yeah, definitely. So I had no idea where to begin. So I started um, looking up, finding all these different avenues and we came across Paralympics Australia and they had a talent identification camp on the, on the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks later. Um, where all these different people with different abilities can come and try sports and see if they're interested in anything and they can put them in the right direction. So we attended that. I tried lots of different things, different testings, um, but it wasn't until I got into, into the pool, um, did a couple of laps, I met Michael Anderson. He's an Australian Paralympic gold medalist in backstroke and he kind of saw... Um, I guess my enthusiasm and ability for swimming and encouraged me to pursue that, which I was absolutely loving at the time too. So he was able to put me in the right direction in becoming classified. So in Paralympic sport, it's a little bit confusing to understand, but um, basically all these different sports have different classification systems based on your um, different condition and different classes. So I became classified and started competing um, state level local competitions. And I remember um, swimming at my first state championships and it was the 50 meter butterfly. And I don't know if you've tried butterfly, but it's really difficult. <laughs> and there was only four people in the race 
And I remember the, the start gun went and it was the most difficult race of my life. I got to 25 metres, my arms started giving way, um, but I finished the race, I came last, but everybody cheered for me. Um, the crowd went crazy. The, the, lady, the girls in my race afterwards came up to me and they encouraged me. They said, well done, keep it up. You never know um, what this could lead to with some hard work, so. They had no idea and years later you're gonna flog the pants off them, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my first taste of it. And um, I kept, kept going more. I, I found a new coach, um, started swimming more. I was getting faster and faster, dropping times. And within a year, after making some age nationals and definitely dropping some time, I was named on the Australian youth development squad for my potential to possibly represent our country one day at a Paralympics, which was pretty um, incredible. And then the following year in 2014, I made my first Australian team to compete at the Glasgow Commonwealth Games at 15. So after all this journey, I was finally, you know, re really relatively quick turnaround, two years, made my first Australian team. And then from there, yeah, the rest is history. It is pretty amazing because the dream was you want to win an Olympic gold. So you make the Commonwealth team, which is incredible. And that's only like two years, which is just amazing. Um, but the dream was the Olympic goal, which is pretty amazing. So um, we, we do know the outcome, but we've got the video, I think, of you swimming in the 400 metres freestyle, I think it is. Um, we're not going to show the whole video, but it's about 50 seconds. So it's the start of the race and the very last lap, which is pretty uh, awesome. So if we can play that video, this is your race. Olympic, uh, Rio, Rio Olympics, if we can play that video. Patterson slightly slowly away, but uh, that's all right. She's got 400 metres to make up that time. And in fact, she's up and stroking and right up near the lead. Millwood of Great Britain was also up with them. This is going to be one of the great upsets and one of the great moments in Australian Paralympic swimming, Matt Cowdery. How good is this? Not only is she in front, she's in front of the world record line. This is unbelievable. The world record that Jessica Long set just over 12 months ago. It might just be getting away from Lakeisha Patterson, but the gold medal will not slip from her grasp. It is going to be a golden moment for the 17-year-old, and it might be a world record. It is. Wow. Lakeisha Patterson. Wow. What's that feel like, even just watching that now? What, how, does, how do you feel? Oh, it's crazy watching it back. I haven't seen that in quite a while. It still kind of give me, gives me goosebumps. I don't generally like to um, watch my races or interviews or anything I do because I tend to just judge myself. But um, when I watch it back, sometimes I'm like, oh, like, go, go faster. <laughs> I'm, but, like, I know what the outcome is. Um, so I know where I can improve for next time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Like just butterflies in your stomach, like you mentioned. Um, we know the outcome now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, after two years, made my first Commonwealth Games team and then Worlds the following year, I came home with a couple of medals, but still heading into the 2016 Games. At the start of the year was quite challenging with the coach I had at the time. Um, and I was questioning, like, is, is this dream still a reality? Is this going to continue? Um, and, yeah, going through those challenges with my coach, it was like, okay, I either, either fully commit to swimming um, or, and, and drop school or do none of it. But to me, because um, I was going through grade 12 at the time, education was as equally as important as swimming was to me because... Um, sport, you know, can only last so long and I wanted to make sure I had a career and a life set up outside of that so that wasn't really an option for me. So with nine weeks to Australian trials, I set my sights on um, finding a new coach and the coach that I found I had trialled with once before and I, I couldn't handle it, it was too tough. Um, so I, I didn't end up going with him but then around this time, I knew that that's what I needed to get to that next level. And this coach, um, who I'm still with today, Harley Connolly, is 
absolutely incredible. He's coached world champions, open water level and other Paralympic gold medalists like Brendan Hall, who I train with every single day. So I knew that that's what I needed to do. And um, that was the nine hardest weeks of my life, I think. But heading into trials, I dropped um, PBs in all of my events and qualified for the team in um, numerous events and some relays heading into the games. So heading into the actual Paralympic Games, fast forward, I knew that I still had so much left in me. I had a lot of room for improvement. I'd worked extremely hard, but I think on the international scene, I was still kind of seen as this underdog. Um, yes, I'd been on the team for a few years now, but I still hadn't reached my potential. So the 400 meter freestyle is my main event. So if you guys don't know, that's eight laps of a um, long 50 meter swimming pool. Um, but I tend to get better as the race goes on, as you can see there. Um, so I remember like heading into the games, it was the very first day of competition. I was the first event, the first Australian up to compete. And this was like nothing I'd ever witnessed before. That atmosphere was absolutely crazy. But I remember just taking, you know, a deep breath and telling myself like, I didn't come here to just not show everyone what I've got. So see what happens. And I remember sticking with, with Jess, um, who was the lane beside me, the Paralympic world record holder, holding that um, event for the past four games. She is a pioneer of Paralympic swimming, really. She started when she was only 12 years old. So she'd been around and still is for quite a while and is definitely a legend. But yeah, I remember after that first 100 metres, just kind of inching a bit further and further in front of her until the last lap, I think I just gave it everything I had and I think I finished around 25 metres in front, but I looked at the wall and, you know, touched as hard as I could, saw that number one next to my name. I'd done a five-second PB and I was absolutely over the moon, but I didn't realise until after I finished the race that I'd broken the world record by 0.11 of a second. So it was like literally a fingernail of a second, but um, yeah, it was absolutely surreal. It's amazing. What was the journey like after all of that? Because that was your dream. You're like, oh, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, at uh, 13, I think you mentioned. What was it like after then achieving that? Yeah, it was really hard to describe. I think when you hear different athletes, um, people that have been to the Olympics or Paralympics before, they kind of give you a vague idea of what it's going to be like. But unless you're actually there experiencing it, it's... It's, it's absolutely hectic, just something different than you'll ever imagine. And, and for me, I was competing pretty much every day for 10 days, so I didn't really get time to let it sink in um, until once I finished and I came home, I was able to realise that, hey, this dream I set out four years ago, I achieved it and did so much more. And when I came home, kind of felt like everyone wanted a little piece of me and that was really hard to comprehend. And for me, I'd just done everything I kind of dreamed of. And I was only 17 at the time, but I was thinking like, okay, I think I could finish here now. You know, I've done the Paralympics. I've been to World Champs, Com Games, Pan Packs, Nationals. I've done it all. Um, maybe now I'll just focus on, you know, myself. I, it was, it's mentally and physically really draining, pushing your body every single day and then, you know, facing cyberbullying from overseas and all these kind of challenges, finishing grade 12, was all weighing on my shoulders. And I felt kind of, I don't know, it kind of feels selfish saying this, but whilst I had, you know, all these gold medals, all this success, which most people could only dream of, I just still felt this empty feeling inside of me. Like, yes, I achieved that goal, and it was, it felt, you know, really great temporarily, but there was just this further longing that I felt I was missing. And so for me, um, being 17 at the time, I felt I was at the age I could, you know, make my own decisions, do, find, find what I was interested in. And I think whilst I was engaged and learnt from Christ at an early age with the help of um, our wonderful community, I probably lost that connection a bit as I got a bit older and life got hectic, life got busy, um, swimming happened, I was traveling, 
um, certain health challenges, family situations going on, I probably lost that. So I think it was once I was able to realise that after coming home and feeling that emptiness that the thing that was missing was God in my life. And I think once I was able to reconnect with his word, try and develop a greater understanding again. And after being so young and every seizure I'd have, I would just forget things. So I made it my mission to, you know, reopen my Bible, search, you know, now we have the internet, you can find your own answers, um, which was absolutely fantastic. So for me, I felt like, yes, that was a part of me missing. So I wanted to be able to grow that connection again. And then into 2017, um, I decided to keep swimming and we were supposed to have world champs that year in Mexico, but unfortunately, due to an earthquake, we didn't get to compete. Um, so around then, I thought 2017 was bad, but now looking back on 2020, we all know <laughs> 2020 was bad. Um, but yeah, and then I think it came around to 2018, feeling a little bit more confident in myself and, and my journey with Christ. My older sister moved to Bridgman Downs. So we were helping her move um, in the journey. And I think it must, it was obviously a Sunday and we drove past Bridgie and we saw this stacked place full of cars. And then we saw the sign and saw that it was a church. And we're like, wow, we've never seen this many cars attend a church before. It must be pretty good. Um, so we just kind of saw that. And then after a few weeks, um, we decided, my my mum, my younger sister and I, like, okay, how about we take the decision and actually go? And it was pretty overwhelming, I think, um, coming here for the first time. It was the biggest church we've ever been to. Um, and it was really overwhelming, I think, sometimes a lot of us, if we're not sure where we stand in our journey with God or you might have no faith at all, coming into church can be quite overwhelming. Um, so for us, we're like, what's God gonna think? Like, we haven't been here for a while. Um, but, but we did it, we persisted and having the shocking memory that I do, I don't remember what the service was about, but I know that it was pretty powerful and I do remember it, it did uplift us. And, um, you know, you hear people say like, that sermon was directed at us and we all felt that. We all went into the car afterwards. We were sobbing. Um, we were like, did that just happen? And they're like, yeah. Um, and so we kept coming, coming back. And I think for us, it kind of felt good coming to a church that was bigger and kind of didn't, people didn't know who we were. They didn't know our story. We could kind of just blend in and just um, do things on our own and develop our own journey. Um, and it was, yeah, probably around this Easter time and um, we started to make more of an effort and heading into Easter, I felt a lot more secure in my faith and, and really like, you know, anything was possible with God. Like, yeah, I've faced all these challenges, but, you know, he has a plan for me and I swam pretty incredible that year. It was really exciting um, 2019 came around, um, a few challenges at the start of the year, dealing with some more swimming um, issues, more health issues, um, but overcame that, just leaning on God's word and then coming into Tokyo 2020, thinking it was gonna be my year, it was gonna be easier because I knew I had God on my side. Um, but then we all know how 2020 panned out. <laughs> So I, I made it my mission last year once um, the games were postponed and I was kind of left in this limbo to put my, my energy and my faith in God. I decided to read the Bible for the entire year and relearn those kind of things that I had forgotten when I was younger and get a greater understanding of who he is. And, and really, I think I learned that God works for us, I mean, with us, not for us. And, and that's a pretty powerful thing. And when I was able to kind of put my faith and trust in him, I think that's something we all, uh, is difficult for a lot of people is to trust in something that they're not certain about. 
And for me, I'd faced lots of challenges and with my family early on. And it's so easy to think like how come bad things happen to good people? Like, where were you? But I think for me, especially now, growing my journey, um, like it's taken me three or so years just to start a connect group um, with you. I've started this year and that's something I've learned is that, you know, we're all on our own journey and our own path and that's okay. Um, there's no timeline and God has a plan for us, all, all of us, even when we don't see it. And even just the past few weeks finishing our prayer series, I've learned that, you know, instead of asking God, um, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? To ask, where are you in this? And being able to now have a deeper relationship with God and pray more and ask him these questions. I can look back at my past and see in hindsight exactly where he was working and laying those stones, in, inviting Miss Linda into our lives to, to pave this path for us. And, and now that I see he has been working for me and now that my, my purpose is to share my story and the goodness of him through me and my swimming. And I know now, um, you know, gold medals don't matter. Like my identity isn't just in my sport or just in swimming. My identity is through Christ and, and him alone. And he can take me places that, you know, a plane, a car and a mobile phone can't. So um, I feel really secure in that. And I feel on top of the world because I know that no matter what, my results are, he's always gonna be there and I can achieve anything with him by my side. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it'd be great to um, pray for you. I know you're uh, training now for Tokyo and hopefully that all goes ahead, um, but it'd be great to pray for you. And then I think Billy's, Pastor Billy's gonna come and just um, share with us very briefly as well. But why don't we pray for uh, Lakeisha now? Father, um, we thank you so much for uh, Lakeisha's journey and her story. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it is really quite a remarkable story. And just as she even just shared at the end there, just seeing, um, you know, despite the challenges that she's had, seeing your hand at work, even in the midst of all of that great God. And, and uh, yeah, we thank you for that. And we really wanna pray for her. We pray, Lord, that you continue to empower her and use her. And I love that, what Lakeisha just shared, that regardless of the outcomes, um, that you have a plan and a purpose for her great God and her identity is in you. And there may be just some that are even watching online that are maybe listening here that think, oh, wow, I don't know if I have that identity. And maybe that's something you wanna um, bring to someone's life, even this very night, uh, that understanding. So thank you, great God. And uh, yeah, we just commit these things to you in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I'm just conscious of, well, before Billy comes, yes, I know. Thank you, brother. Um, wherever Billy is, it'll take him half an hour to get down here. But, um, oh, there he is. Uh, no, not because you're old, mate, just because it's a, it's a big stage. But, um, but uh, we've got to get these Olympic gold medals out. So here's, um, here are genuine Olympic gold medals from Rio. We might be able to get a little bit of a close-up, but there you go. Oh, hold one. Gee, this, this looks... Uh, this looks good on me, doesn't it? Uh, so there you go. Um, Lakeisha might hang around a little bit afterwards as well and you can have a look. That is heavy, I tell you what. That must be pure gold, surely. But um, thanks so much. Why don't we give Lakeisha a hand and uh, welcome Billy as he comes. us out, Billy. Come and preach on Sunday night, Billy. It's only 10 minutes, Billy. It's just after the Paralympian who won the gold medals. That's all it is. Oh my goodness. It's just a scheduling thing. Oh, how wonderful. Thankfully, I've already had my humility this week, so this is hardly anything really. This week I had to fly down to Sydney and I haven't been on a flight for a long time, but um, I, I had an organisation and if you travel, it is such a blessing when an organisation will do all your travel. So they, they did my airport transfers, everything. And so when I got there to Sydney, I got off and I had my bit of paper and I looked and it said where to go to wait for my transport. 
that'll take me to the organisation. When I get to the place, it says limousines. I'm feeling pretty good about things. And I had a look and I looked closer and it looked and it said, now you might not be a car person, I'm not really a car person, but I knew because it said black sedan Maserati. Yeah, some of you aren't car people, but you know what I'm saying, eh? And I felt like saying, can you read that, sir? Does that say, you haven't got my glasses. Is that a Maserati? I thought so. Yep. Uber's just down there. Oh, mate, no worries. Limousine, waiting. And then next minute I saw this really nice car doing a few laps. So someone else is going to go well. And this car come again. It was a black sedan. And he come a third time, and I looked really closely. He said, Maserati. I said, surely there can't be two black sedan Maseratis at Sydney Airport. So I text Austin, me and Austin, good mates. I said, Austin, I'm at the place. And next minute, this same black man, this car pulls in and pulls up, and he winds the window down. He's got the full suit, and he said, oh, sorry, mate, I didn't realise it would be you. So, Maseratis, medals, uh, and masks tonight I'm going to talk about. So, um, thank you so much for sharing, Lakeisha. Powerful bit of your story. Both, both the sporting bit of it, the human bit of that, but your spiritual journey as well. And um, it was at the four o'clock as I was listening, actually. Um, so, I'm best to just get straight into the text rather than try and big note myself. And here's what I felt to share when I was listening as Lakeisha was being interviewed. It's from 2 Corinthians 5, and, and Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. And, and there was a big thing around about status. It was quite a big city, and so things were fairly flashy. And he wrote this, and here's what I want to pick up in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. It said, so from now on, Paul writes to them, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And I found that fascinating as I listened to Lakeisha's story and I, I wondered for you growing up how often maybe people would label you and put you in a box and, and have something to say about you. And if I'm to be honest, you know, we're dealing with the COVID pandemic, but I think this is a pandemic in our world as well. One that Paul spoke about, that, but we're considered in such a worldly way, in such a way that confines you and confounds you and wants to put you in boxes and places and spaces. And Paul writes, he says, we don't do that to people anymore. That's very powerful. In fact, he says, uh, we once regarded Christ in that way, but we don't do that any longer. And so it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we have these notions of, of people saying who we are. They wanna label us. Sometimes, you, you, tonight you might even be labeling yourself. You might even think that God's got a particular label on you tonight. And you'd be saying, well, God possibly couldn't care for me given who I am. But I think we do that to God as well. And Paul writes, he says, we, we once did it to Christ, but we don't do it anymore. And this is the powerful thing. This is what I thought of as I heard the interview. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this relationship the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. It's this beautiful identity that grows out of this relationship with God, that you're in Christ and it does something to you. It says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, it's a powerful thing, isn't it? That, that God has been the actor in this. He has enacted this. You know, sometimes in life, we look at effort. Your sporting career was done through effort. It was so important. And maybe, maybe we think that that's what we've got to do with God. We've got to earn something from him. Fix it up a little bit. I must admit, when I was flying home on this uh, flight back from Sydney, um, one of the real difficulties for me, as I can see people here tonight, you had to wear a mask. That was really hard. I, I, I don't like it. it was, it's pretty hard to do. And the whole flight, and I was feeling a bit claustrophobic, but thankfully, they come around with a little snack and you are allowed to take it off. 
And so I thought, I'll have a snack, but I really needed to get this mask off my face a bit. But I had someone right next to me. And so I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll help out a bit here. You know what I mean? I'll do the right thing. So I took it off one ear and I just let it hang there like that. In my vast health technical research, I found out that might help a bit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at least the fella next to me knows I'm having a go. I'm trying to help, you know? And so I must have been pretty hungry. So I was fairly getting into those peanuts and um, the thing popped off. The mask popped off, inverted. Like the bit I'd been breathing on the whole time, inverted and fell on old mate's arm. He had been watching Avengers on his iPad because I had been watching a little bit of it too. But, um, <laughs> and I think it was at one of those real moments, you know, because he was pretty amped and then this thing fell on his arm and he went like that and I went like that and then he went like that and I went like that and if the eyes could tell a story and I said, so sorry, I'm sorry, he had his earphones in, I wanted to pull them out so I'm really sorry, I didn't know whether to rub that bit of his arm I was going to spit and rub that bit of the arm. But then I thought, oh, that's what the mask. And I bet he was saying, I wish that fellow had not tried to help at all. <laughs> and this scripture says that, that God was doing this. You know, sometimes you might believe in this spiritual journey. We are trying to chase after God. But did you hear Lakeisha say, Two gold medals didn't even fill her up. That there was an emptiness and that emptiness was a relationship with God. She found that fullness, that new identity. And so for me, I, 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 we want you to hear this tonight. This, this passage continues. I was really thinking of Lakeisha. And it said, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Did you hear that in Lakeisha's story? That, that she's found that there is a calling from God and, and sport's one of those avenues, but her true calling, she wants to share this good news with others. She wants to be an ambassador for Christ, to carry this message and for it to be received by others. And I guess that's why tonight's on. Maybe for some of you, you've never considered that your identity can change like that. That you can find yourself in Christ, in God, and that he has done the heavy lifting, that he has made that effort. And it's a beautiful thing. And if you have tonight, like Lakeisha, it's a fresh reminder for us that we carry this message that we have this incredible opportunity to share with others as ambassadors of reconciliation, to live a life where people can experience the love of God. Would you join me as we pray exactly for this? Gracious and loving God, it is indeed good news that you have this uh, love for us that's an eternal love, an overflowing love, a generosity that is like nothing else. And we've heard it in story tonight. Thank you for Lakeisha. Thank you for her story. The resilience, the, the determination, sporting achievement, but more than anything, I thank you that she has found herself in you, that you have found yourself in Lakeisha this reconciliation with her God. And she carries it now. Thank you, Lord. Just, just shining brighter, even brighter than gold medals for me tonight, this, this ambassador of Christ. Be with her as she goes. For anyone here tonight, Lord, that hasn't considered it, hasn't heard it, hasn't experienced it, then our deepest prayer, your longing love is that they will be in relationship with you. And we do pray for that. And help us, we too, who find ourselves in Christ, who find Christ in us, help us to carry this message, to live this message, to love this message, and to see your world 
reconnected to its loving creator. This will bring us great joy, give us great peace and great promise. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Billy. What a... Um it's so great hearing Lakeisha's story and then Billy wrapping up there as well. If you uh, responded in some way or another or you want to find out for yourself personally what it's like to uh, have a personal relationship with God, whether it's here or online, um, we'd love to give you a free Bible pack. There's just a Bible in there, but also some other information about what that journey looks like to have a relationship with God. And so after service, you can grab one of those or you can email through uh, to us um, at the church if you're watching online. Um, but we'd love to get that to you and just help you on that journey. Uh, we're going to stand and we're going to worship our great God now. So feel free to jump up on your feet and uh, we're going to give praise and honour to our great God.
forgiveness but it's simply because of your grace and your mercy father and so that anybody can come to you ask for forgiveness and receive that forgiveness in you great God and know what it means to have a personal relationship with you know what it means to have their identity in you and changes everything literally changes everything so we thank you Lord uh, for the hope in you we pray Uh, we love you heaps Use us this week, whatever we're doing, Father God, as ambassadors for your kingdom to see many more lives impacted and changed, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Really good to have you here. Great to have you online as well. A couple of quick things. Our Easter service is next week. So Thursday night, Friday morning. You're so welcome to come along, Sam. Feel free to invite whoever you want to those. That'd be fantastic. And then tonight, there's dinner outside in the courtyard area. So feel free to go straight out there, take your conversations out there. Uh, Dollar Dim Sims, I think it is. Anyway, have an awesome night. God bless you guys. We'll see you very soon.